Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everyone. It's V the Grill Economist coming to you live on this edition of V for Velas. Velas is back with us, and it is Thursday, so you're not, your systems are not screwed up. It's not Friday, even though it does feel like kind of Friday, but it's Thursday, and Velas is here for a doubleheader today and tomorrow, so keep it locked and loaded right here. And with that being said, folks, you can find Velas over lurking in the Discord. He's lurking in the Rogue News Discord. If you want to get on the Rogue News Discord, you can go ahead and contact our ta- our toxic masculine person extraordinaire, the one and only CJ. Get him over at CJ at roguenews.com. CJ at roguenews.com. And with that being said, fellas, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you doing? We got some uh, cool temperatures definitely coming through the Midwest right now. I like it, man. It's a nice little respite. Starting to feel a little fallish. Yep. You know, about to get into the apple picking season, pumpkin season, pumpkin spice, everything season. Yeah. Government overthrow season, digital currency season. All, all of it together, man. But the pumpkin spice makes the government overthrow and all the tyrannical stuff all the more palatable. It does. It does. It's the old joke in Washington about you can always give the public bad news as long as there's good weather. Absolutely. That's why in California, you can literally rob them blind because the weather's so damn good. It's okay. Right. This is fine. I $949 a day. Absolutely. 949 all day. You heard Bill Walton, Hall of Fame basketball player, Will, Bill Walton, the San Diego resident, who, you know, who's a, a Democrat, uh, was chased on his bicycle by, by homeless bums and beaten up and, uh, and assaulted. Yes, and took issue <laughs> with the mayor. And took issue with the rail. Keep voting Democrat, you idiot. But that's what happens. When the weather is good, it makes the tyranny that more palatable. To quote Stewie Griffin when he was getting money back from Brian, that's what happens, man. That's what happens. That's what happens, man. Where's my money? Where's my money? (laughs) You're not a nice man. Uh, so yeah we got a we got a twofer we got today and tomorrow folks and thanks for joining us and uh we've had a good week here with uh jet and with gus and with uh cj and v's uh programs earlier this week so to start off uh the railroads uh just a reminder it's not over yet uh we have to remember the agreement was to not strike while the unions voted um 
we are still waiting to collect and tally the votes. I'm sure it'll work out. However, dot, dot, dot. So now what's important is, is if you go to websites dedicated to the rail industry or, or various transportation websites, as I've done, um, including of all things, certainly not the paragon of conservative thinking, um, popularresistance.org posted this on the Discord channel. And as V has alluded several times, I, I do uh, put a ton of content out there, including memes. We do have jokes, people, uh, on the on the Velas page. And there's quite a bit of activity on the other pages. I'll also say uh, probably more active than my page these days has been Jet's page. Um, v, v would know these things if he went on Discord, but he's having trouble gaining access. Well, you know... Yeah, <laughs> I got. I finally got into the desktop, and um, we're getting closer. I'm getting closer. I'm, I'm making progress. I just need to figure out how to get onto the mobile now because I don't remember what my password was for the desktop. So we'll we'll get you there. Yeah. So bad. the um, the thing that's important, everybody, is what what really was the deal with the railroads. Cause I, I had some folks reach out to me and say, why, why are we having this problem with the railroads right now? Um, what it uh, really focused on is something that was going on in the rail industry called precision scheduled railroading or PSR, Papa Sierra Romeo. Um, and what precision scheduled railroading, as you might imagine, and it's my often ongoing narrative. It's a lean operation approach for the railroad industry. Now, I've known folks who work in the rail industry. I've known folks who've worked as conductors and have offloaded cargo and all the rest of that. The rail industry is a funny a funny thing. Uh, the first thing that most of you probably aren't aware of is, is that if you when you file your taxes, if you work for the rail industry, and this is a leftover from, from way, way, way back in this country's history, there's a completely different tax system if you have anything to do with the railroads, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the Oracle of Omaha has got some sort of uh, tax write-off he's getting out of this. But if you file your taxes and you work for the rail industry, you do it completely differently uh, with the IRS if you, if you work in the rail industry. And so really? the rail industry has been trying to cut staff and make operations more lean. Now, I know from an MBA standpoint, that sounds attractive and, and a good thing to do. The thing about the rail industry, though, is, is that because you're dealing with trains, and not to be indelicate, I know people who often say, well, when I was in Europe, the trains are on time. It's like, have you looked at the size of most European countries compared to the vastness of the United States? Yeah. We're, a big, we're a big country. This is like when I hear people talk about who are living in Washington, D.C. or major metropolitan areas about electric cars. It's like, and for the rest of us, we will keep using some sort of vehicle that runs on a fuel. You know, I'm um, more bullish on ICE engines than ever before, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> so the the point I'm trying to go with is is that for especially like the train engineers it's almost like being an airline pilot they're on a 10 on 10 off schedule which means you work for 10 hours and then you're off for 10 hours the problem especially for for their families or their loved ones or those who know them or just just they in their own lives is sometimes the train isn't where it was supposed to be so they've got to find transportation home or they got to find a place where they can park and sleep. But the net of it is, is that when they wake up, they've got to be wherever the train is supposed to be 10 hours later or whichever train they're supposed to be working on. And it's a very, very grueling process for those who work in the industry. And it's, I've made mention of the fact that there are some uh, websites and stuff on YouTube for people that, that have a fondness for the rail industry or for trains in general. 
it's like I've often told people about the trucking industry. A lot of folks who work in trucking are not doing it for the money. They just do it because they, they love that life. They love the industry. And rail is very similar. So there's a need in the rail industry for, I don't want to say some overhead, but you need some, some flex there. You need some people who can fill in for Bob or Susan if they weren't available or if the train they were supposed to be bringing in is behind, not uncommon in the American rail system. But when you start getting rid of those people in the name of, of lean operations, you're further straining your workforce. And so what really led to these strikes or threats of strikes and the renegotiations of these contracts was the rail industry, like everything else right now in the country, has even more problems with people's health, the stress levels, resignations, the list goes on. So um, popularresistance.org is a, you know, no harm, no foul. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's an activist left-wing publication. Uh, but they do, you know, God love them. They do publish a number of articles about, you know, the industries that keep the lights on in this country that people tend to forget about. And they're one of the few publications you can find, because I'll be honest, I don't think Bloomberg or CNBC is going to write an article on this. Um, they were the only publication I knew that went into depth about what really was going on in the rail industry and why these problems were coming about. It was not just, you know, the media spun it as, oh, it's, it's about money. <clears throat> Actually not. There's a lot of folks in the rail industry that's like, yeah, they'll take the money, but they've got much bigger health and safety problems from stressed out, exhausted people. So just a little background there. Mm. Uh, I'm sure that will work itself out, but it's, it's still kind of a possibility. Uh, and then the other thing is, is as I brought up on last week or the week prior show, um, Long Beach and some of the ports out in California, there are uh, union negotiations going on there as well. I'm sure just in time for the, the midterms. Uh, car accidents. Um, we've had some vigorous uh, Discord discussions a couple of weeks ago about several of the weird car accidents that have happened of late. And <clears throat> I was kind of amused in a sadistic way about the media picking up the topic again of the Indiana Congresswoman Jackie Walarski uh, and saying, oh, well, her driver uh, was trying to pull around a tractor-trailer truck. Um, maybe, maybe not. The thing that's come out about Jackie is, is that evidently she was involved in anti-human trafficking efforts, and I just mm. tend to find that we have some statistical averages that are higher than they should be, where, you know, V's favorite topic about someone shooting themselves with a nail gun 15 times. Um, so was her driver or the person driving the vehicle trying to pull around a tractor trailer or another vehicle on the highway? Sure. It's more than possible. Um, but, and equally noting my recent comments about what appears to have been the truth about what happened at the Nashville data center, uh, which I went into on the last show. So as the old saying goes, sometimes the cigars to cigar. Um, but as I've often said, also, when you've got folks that are in a particular area that's drawing fire, whether it's the promise software topic or people involved in anti-trafficking efforts or what have you, there, there comes a point at which uh, statistically uh, the improbability uh, factor starts getting high. So all I'm going to say on this topic is if it was me, uh, I would not be driving any of the newer model Kias or Hyundais or, for that matter, Mercedes at this point because of how integrated those electronics are. And as I'm sure some of you have seen in the news, if you have the right kind of underground application loaded on your phone, uh, you can break into a Kia or a Hyundai uh, fairly easily. And uh, equally, by the way, any car that has software that allows for self-parking, 
uh, just my own two coins in the pond. I would avoid that like the plague because if anybody can get into the self-parking application, uh, you've got a problem. So moving on to Europe. Um, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Kia and Hyundai. The, right now there is an epidemic of Kia and Hyundai thefts. And they're doing it by simply just using a laptop, pulling up to a person's driveway, overriding the car, opening the doors, starting it because it's a remote start. They're able to hack it and then driving away with it. It's an epidemic right now. So they are very easy to hack. Hyundai and Kia have yet to come out with a solution in regards to this. Correct. And as given my many years in the IT industry, the other thing I would add to V's comments is, I hate to go there, but it's something we live with every day when I'm working on things in, involved in this topic, whether it's servers or uh, you know individual laptops uh, for employees that are using applications and so on that I'm deploying for a client. Just because you develop a workaround, I mean, hackers are a diligent group of people. So it's like banking software. The minute they started integrating banking software into like a Windows format, any of us that worked in the industry were like, yeah, I know you didn't like the old sexy green screen or yellow screen uh, computers, but you were locked down. It's it's like my old joke about, um, what do you call it, uh, nuclear missile launches. I don't want this nation's missiles uh, on windows. I want big, heavy levers and gears and stuff before we let one of those babies out of the out of the hangar. I prefer that our entire nuclear arsenal, especially the advanced cutting-edge 1973 technology Minuteman 3 to be hooked up to Windows Vista. (laughs) (laughs) Or Apple. I wouldn't be surprised Um, if it is hooked up to Windows Vista. Who knows where Gates has gotten into these days? And by the way, by the way, folks, to some of the comments I saw in the in the uh, comments section here in, in Green Machine, your comments about uh, about Canada. Uh, one other item on the whole thing about uh, sidebar, uh, you know, remember, folks, those big tractor trailer trucks on the highway, uh, the, the damn things are like 30, 40,000 pounds. And especially if they've got any kind of 30, fluid on board, 80,000 um, pounds, bro, um, if they're carrying a load. Be, yeah, I was going to say, be mindful. I mean, there's a reason why in Australia they call them road trains. Um, it's very hard for those truck drivers to slow those things down. Uh, always always give the trucker the right of way. Uh, I drive my relatives nuts because if I see a trucker trying to move into a lane or whatever, I always give them the German Autobahn double flash and let them, let them come over. Um, yeah. Just just human courtesy, folks. And and don't cut in front of truckers. They, they really makes their, their lives hard. So... The point on the Kia Hyundai thing is, is that just because they've developed a workaround and not to be indelicate, but it's Korean automakers, I don't think they're going to be spending Mercedes-like money uh, to, you know, uh, patch those issues in the software. And because it's I such mean, a high-profile I mean, item, here's the thing: they could because Hyundai Kia, they're like the fourth largest car company in the world right now. Hyundai Motor Group, man. Oh yeah, the the I mean the Hyundai uh, what do they call Chebol? Uh, industrial group in 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 uh, Korea is immense because uh, they've got not... shipping, they've got they've got yeah. ships, they've got cargo, they've got the auto got side of what they do. Yes, yes, as we covered on another show, they're they're also building weapon systems. Um, so moving on to Europe, um, it's more than possible. We've talked about it here on Rogue a number of times that that I don't want to use the word lured, but that Russia was basically pushed into war with Ukraine by multiple parties. Uh, in Europe and the United States. 
the the but I want to add to that sentence though is is that powerful and people in Europe I don't think seem to understand an even larger outcome is in play concerning Europe itself. When the dust settles, Europe may exist as a group of countries in the EU, uh, but not as a real force in the global economy or in the political scheme of things. Uh, remember the 2014 documentary I told you about, the German documentary, Master of the Universe, uh, that covered a major German private equity uh, gentleman and his experiences in the in industry and his take on what he thought was going on. One of the takeaways from that documentary was that a tactical takedown of the economy of France was already underway. Yeah. Now the news from Germany that we've had both this year and these last couple of weeks is absolutely abysmal. Uh, how riots have not broken out into, into Germany at this point is a surprise, mm -hmm. although I would remind us all the reason why those Dutch soldiers who died in Indiana were even in Indiana is we have a lot of foreign military in the United States right now uh, learning from our domestic security folks uh, how to handle civil uprisings. So for those... It, 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 the, it, it it didn't. It didn't work out well for the Dutch troops. <laughs> it, no, it didn't, it didn't work out too well for the. And, I, I, and here's the funny part, right? They're learning from a from from a military who sucks at quelling dissidents and holding countries and keeping things in in, in, in quote unquote law and order. It's wonderful, and I love the fact that the Dutch soldier got killed in the streets of Indianapolis by some thugs. Well, that's the other thing too. Is there's a lot of. I, I encountered this in my past life. A lot of European military, when they come over to the United States for various kinds of training, they tend to view our cities the way they view their capital cities or major cities in their home countries, which is not the way things are here in the United Ooh. States. So, um, yeah, and, and then you've got a, a heavily armed populace in the, in the United States. Um, so... For the really biggest money people on the planet, they had to get France and Germany out of the equation. Europe is France and Germany, or as, as I've said on a prior show, that uh, not as many people believe in God in Germany as they used to be, but everyone believes in the Bundesbank. Um, Germany's central bank basically became the EU. Uh, the powers that be had to take France and Germany out. Uh, no harm, no foul to my friends from Italy and Greece, but they were never going to be the major deciding factor in, in European politics. It was always going to be France and Germany. Um, and then, of course, to add insult to injury, uh, the timing of the United Kingdom leaving the EU, uh, especially in my opinion, was, was also by design. So the Ukraine war and a host of other events are designed to remove both Russia and Europe out of the big game, and we will see. Now, for instance, the United States may have some heating or protein availability problems in the days and months ahead, uh, but Europe's capacity for heat and food is another matter. And uh, per my program on September 9th, whether our future is a unipolar dollar-denominated world uh, or a multipolar digital one, regardless, the one thing that the competing elites can agree on is, is they want Europe and Russia not to have any kind of major influence on what that uh, outcome is going to be. Moving on to the what I call the cheap labor roadshow, uh, I'd like to buy a drink for the person on DeSantis' staff who came up with the idea of sending unregistered visitors to the United States up to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, my God, that just keeps paying dividends of untold proportions. Uh, I loved Gus's comment on Wednesday, which was to the effect of, and I quote, their concerns about equality lasted less than a day before they called in troops to remove 50 immigrants <laughs> from private areas like Martha's Vineyard. Did you see the video of them waving by to the bus full of migrants? 
Yeah. Oh God. And there's all the memes out there about, about I survived the invasion. Um, Tucker Carlson's opening show on Tuesday night was one of his many trolling episodes uh, following the events in Martha's Vineyard. Um, Recall my statements equally as we talk about this topic about trust but verify, especially when it comes to Fox and Tucker. Uh, I would remind us all that we have a former Fox executive who stated she left the network when Fox was taking money from Health and Human Services and other federal agencies to promote people having the vaccines. Um, Now, that said, uh, I was amused by the fact that Fox News now has a drone with an infrared camera. Uh, I don't know that many of you have seen this, uh, that Fox has has got an infrared camera on a drone that's covering migrants coming across the border at night. And, uh, of course, the United States government has the highest quality drones with the highest quality infrared cameras, but it'll be a cold day in hell before you see that footage. They'll Um, They'll most likely use that infrared on us, fellas. No, well, no kidding. And and were you at an ATM machine at a at a time of night you shouldn't have been there? Yeah. So uh, let me revisit. Michael Hastings us at this point. Oh God, (laughs) Michael Hastings. Um, So let me revisit some things I've said on Rogue previously, and equally note the famous comment by uh, George Friedman, the the founder of Stratfor, and and now the current head of Geopolitical Futures. Uh, Friedman's written a number of books. He has a he has an excellent uh, perspective on the international environment. Fried, Friedman said almost 15 years ago that, uh, and I've said it often here on Rogue, that the forces who want the cheapest labor they can get their hands on in the United States are better organized with more money than the people trying to use the rule of law on the borders of the United States to follow traditional methods of entry. Um, I'd also note my own credentials on this topic. Some of you may recall I've mentioned on other shows that I was part of an outside management consulting team that was brought in by Homeland Security in 2006. To We were assessing uh, with a number of retired executives from banking and insurance. We were exploring a work visa program, how to produce a number of identity cards in time. That's what we needed the banking folks because they were very good at at you know, uh, CAC or CAC chips on the, on the cards and similar with photographs and everything else. So we were, we were assessing a visa program, a work visa program, uh, where you could come across the border, but you had to have one of these cards. And if you weren't able to find work after a certain period of time, you did have to return to your country of origin, et cetera. But I was able to see the real data back, back then on how many people were actually inside the United States with no tracking on their presence. So, the facts of this whole immigration topic, uh, among many, are um, these folks are at-risk people, uh, and they're being moved into the United States in many cases at the encouragement of their own governments, uh, because why would elites in the, in the governments of the Caribbean or South America care about their poor when they can send them to the United States? Um, many of these people are being exploited by drug cartels because, regardless of the name, Drug cartels don't care whether they may make money off narcotics or trafficking or anything else. They're organized crime. They'll make money any way they can. Once inside the United States, these folks can be exploited horribly with little rule of law to protect them. And I am very sympathetic to their plight as much as I'm angered by our state and federal government being bought off on this. Now, there's a word for these people, and I've said this before, which is the word I would use is slaves. This is 21st century slavery is what this is. And I've also said previously, the governor of Texas has had multiple options available for some time other than his just complaining about it or finally getting off his duff right before a midterm. This is not a left-wing supported issue. There's plenty of conservatives who do nothing but talk about it. 
So I'm a big fan of ridicule, trolling, and hypocrisy, uh, as evidenced by the the uh, efforts up in the northeast of late, um, Martha's Vineyard, and and other other locations soon to be forthcoming. Um, I think these folks should be given some debit cards and plane flights to places like the Aspen Conference or the Council on Foreign Relation meetings or pretty much anything going on in Napa, um, the Hamptons, the list goes on, or, or anyone who's eating at the French Laundry up in Napa, which is the big go-to restaurant. Gavin Newsom eats there regularly. Um, the other thing that's worth noting, too, is, is that many of the latest wave of people coming into the United States, this is no joke, not all. But there's a large influx of people entering the United States from Venezuela, but specifically Venezuela's prisons. Uh, you knew that, right? Um, they've yeah, now shifted the, 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 to, to Venezuela emptying. Yeah, and the Venezuela's emptying their prisons the same way Castro emptied his prisons in the 1980s. Uh, when I were, was in that graduate program with the Air Force Intelligence people, one of the professors had a had an entire class dedicated to the context and concept of what is power. And one of her comments to all of us was, does not Castro have great power if he can just release elements of his society they cannot care for or even people out of his prisons into the United States by taking advantage of our pre-existing stated policies that if you made it to the shores of the United States out of Cuba, we'll take care of you. So we really need to share the wealth beyond uh, all of the immigration that uh, the left wing thought was funny to keep dumping off in places like Tennessee and Kentucky, along with Texas and Florida. Um, we need to uh, make sure these folks are stopping off in uh, anywhere that's exclusive uh, restaurants in Silicon Valley, up in places like Los Gatos and other exclusive na- neighborhoods in Silicon Valley. And uh, there's some governor's mansions as well, I think, that could, could use with a visit. We have a victory. Uh, there's always victories. Um, just a reminder, there are think tank institutes that actually agree with what most of us kind of believe. Uh, one in particular is a 45-year-old institution called the Manhattan Institute. Um, there's a number of former professors and other researchers, including media people, uh, that, that have joined uh, the Manhattan Institute. Um, this also includes former Georgetown law professors and Harvard professors who joined their ranks because they can't survive anymore in the Ivy League. Um, One of the areas the Manhattan Institute research uh, focuses on is how government policies impede minority success, Uh, counter-narratives on police department policies, critical race theory, uh, and the counterproductive nature of anti-racism measures. Uh, Cheryl Atkinson, the former CBS News reporter, she's the one who got in trouble because she did an in-depth coverage uh, while she's still with CBS uh, on former President Obama, and the network took issue with her and fired her. Um, what did she say about the, Obama? Uh, she got into you know some of the stuff we've covered on the show, the the history of her of his grandmother doing recruiting for the CIA, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the gotcha. stepdad, uh, some of the people that were funding him. Um, what really happened with the the uh, opposition candidate, the the whole thing with uh, Jerry Ryan, the actress from Star Trek. I know some of you were out there were uh, joking that I was going to make a Babylon 5 reference, but that's not a Babylon 5 reference. That's a Star Trek reference. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, the actress Jerry Ryan, she was originally married to, uh, not Paul Ryan, I forget the guy's first name, but he was, he was the candidate that uh, Barack Obama took his seat uh, up in Illinois. And there was a lot that's of weirdness right. about what took, took that guy out. Um, and then, of course, along with the Manhattan Institute, we, we have Hillsdale College up in Michigan. We have St. Thomas Aquinas, 
college up in California. There, there are many, many examples of small schools with, with research groups that are part of the universities. So it's just a, uh, a victory. Um, water cooler. Uh, a number of years ago, when I was working with my retired sea level executives, uh, one of their many valuable pieces of advice was the following. And this is another one of those uh, free gold bars I offer to all of you in our audience. Um, this also comes in two parts. Uh, there's, there's the personal aspect and then the global disinformation aspect. What these executives told me was is that they used to religiously monitor the corporate rumor mill uh, or the water cooler, to use the old reference for those of you who know what that is. Uh, now, why'd they do that? Uh, they wanted to guarantee they had constant information and access uh, as a form of early warning system about how staff were reacting to various corporate moves as well as other areas of possible concern. Um, you know, when they would hear, for instance, that staff were going to resign because of X issue, it enabled them to respond to those feelings across their staff quickly and keep the organization focused. Um, one of the comments that one of my retired executives told me was, as they said, on most occasions, the water cooler is never correct uh, about the planning of senior executives. But they said it always gave you a good indication of what people were thinking who were the folks that were really moving opinion in a particular direction with inside the organization and how as executives to manage accordingly. Um, it gave them a firm grasp of the mood as well as their own effectiveness in the rest of the organization when they would communicate with, with folks inside uh, the company. Now, what's the parallel to right now? Well, when I review what Tucker Carlson is saying or MSNBC or Tim Poole or CNN or others, you can see the code in the matrix in a similar way. Case in point, and this has been going on for some time, we see MSNBC talking about civil war in the United States. Tucker yeah. has talked about it. CNN has talked about it. The alternative space, Tim Pool's talked about it. Um, do we know for certain that the intelligence community under Operation Mockingbird has been manipulating the media? Yes, that, that is completely known. That's in the public domain. Do we know for certain that CNN and Fox News are at times, if not most of the time, being handed their content by the intelligence community? Well, that's a fairly strong yes. Yep. Is there strong reason to believe Tim Pool, like others, is being directed by others or is on the payroll of others? I would say it's possible. So does that mean civil war is coming? Well, as I'm fond of saying, that depends on your definition of what kind of a conflict is it. Um, but it does mean that is the balkanization in the United States coming or is the two-party paradigm uh, being managed uh, by informing followers of both sides of the political spectrum what the bad, evil people on the other side are doing? Yes. So just a reminder, when we've got that many folks on both sides of the media spectrum, or at least the official mainstream media, um, keep an eye on it. So back to another uh, topic that came up recently, and I, I think it was on one of Matthew Arrett's uh, programs. Um, there was an excellent article on strategic culture. I, I posted it on uh, Discord about General Smedley Butler. Uh, yep. V and I both brought up uh, the general a number of times. And Matthew, as I've said a couple times, Matthew Arrett, folks, on Canadian Patriot, or you can go to the um, roguenews.com website. Matthew did a fantastic breakdown on not just General Smedley Butler and the history of that time and what was going on in the United States, but a lot of interconnected things. I did want to quote from a strategic culture article that came out recently on this topic, just because it's germane 
and it's kind of like my uh, memory hole topics I tend to cover. Um, we can't ever forget Smedley Butler. We cannot ever forget those events, even though they were in the 1930s, because one of the, and I say this with a sadistic sense of humor, one of the amusing things about the globalists is they really do tend to just keep using the same playbook for at least 100 years at a time. So to quote from that article, the business plot, a.k.a. the White House coup, a.k.a. the fascist plot, was a conspiracy in 1933-1934. Retired Marine Major General Smedley Butler was approached by Gerald McGuire, who was representing the wealthiest business leaders who at that time were led by J.P. Morgan, who were seeking to use the popular general to organize a coup of the United States government with 500,000 Marines and soldiers to overthrow President Roosevelt's administration. Now, one of the sources they cite is uh, there's a New York Times article from November 21st, 1934, titled General Butler Bears Fascist Plot to Seize U.S. Government by Force, unquote. Yep. And I would also add, uh, as I was bored one day in college on a weekend and went to, to the library and started blowing the dust off of a lot of old documents, uh, his testimony to Congress is in the public domain as well, General Butler's, when he testified about, about what he'd been involved with. Now, the strategic culture article goes on to say General Butler pretended to go along with the idea before revealing it to President Roosevelt. When he went public, he explained what he had done during his military career. Now, Butler was quoted as saying, and I quote, and these are, these are General Butler's words, I spent 33 years and four months in active military service, and during that period, I spent most of my time as a high-class muscle man for big business, Wall Street, and bankers. In short, mm. I was a racketeer. I was a gangster for capitalism. Now, I'm going to pause for a moment here, folks, because this is just a typical Vellis thing. I acknowledge Butler's use of the word capitalism because of the era in which he said it. But for me, in our contemporary world, I would qualify and say he was a gangster for criminal business oligarchs. This yep. is about the corruption of the free market, not the free market <laughs> itself as an economic system. I can't stand the word capitalism because that originally, and every time I say this, somebody hits me on Discord and goes, well, it actually wasn't Marx, fellas. I, I got all that. But net, net, capitalism was the word used by a lot of German intellectuals to reference what they felt were the negative aspects of the free market. Anyway, moving Correct. on. To quote General Butler again, I helped make Mexico and especially Tampico. Uh, Tampico, folks, was a separate military action by the United States in, in Mexico at that time. You can go look that up. Uh, safe for American oil interests in 1914. I helped make Haiti and Cuba a decent place for the National City Bank boys to collect revenues in. I helped in the raping of a half a dozen Central American republics for the benefit of Wall Street. I mm. helped purify Nicaragua for the International Banking House of Brown Brothers in 1902 to 1912. I brought light to the Dominican Republic for the American sugar interests in 1916. By the way, small side note, we were back in the Dominican Republic in 1968, but that's a whole other issue. I helped make Honduras right for the American fruit companies in 1903. In China in 1927, I helped see to it that Standard Oil went on its way unmolested. Looking back on it, I might have given Al Capone a few hints, although I have to say the best he could do was operate his racket in three districts. I operated on three continents. Now the article well, goes on. He was on just to... spreading democracy, fellas, right? And freedom, <laughs> euphemisms, freedom. euphemisms. Uh, the article goes on to say that that FDR basically compromised 
with the corporate coup plotters. There were no court cases, no prison terms for them, as long yeah. as they'd stopped preventing his New Deal policies. And it seemed to work, at, at least for a while. They did stop trying to overthrow Roosevelt's administration. But they did continue to support fascism in Europe by selling, loaning, or donating vital materials or money uh, used for the, the war that eventually became World War II. On Henry Ford's 75th birthday, the Nazi consulate in the United States pinned on his chest Hitler's Grand Cross at his Ford plant in Michigan on July 30th of 1938. Rather ironic that a year later they'd be invading Poland. Henry Ford received the highest medal Nazi Germany could award a foreigner, the Grand Cross of the German Eagle. Quote, I regarded Henry Ford as my inspiration, declared Hitler. Uh, and that was right. out of Henry, Henry Ford. My, my Ford now. Thanks. <laughs> Henry Ford, an American icon, businessman, and staunch Nazi sympathizer from uh, allthatsinteresting.com. Uh, IBM founder uh, Thomas John Watson received the Order of the German Eagle second class in June of 1937. General Motors overseas chief executive James Mooney was awarded the German Eagle first class by Adolf Hitler in 1938. J.P. Morgan agent Grayson Murphy was decorated by Mussolini with the Order of the Crown of Italy for his role in Morgan loans that supported and sustained fascist Italy's economy. Grayson Murphy was the first treasurer of a group called the American Liberty League, who was launched by uh, wealthy magnates to quote-unquote combat radicalism, uh, to teach respect for the rights of persons and property, and to generally foster free enterprise. Uh, the American Liberty Group supported the coup plot. Uh, that focus by the American Liberty Group uh, is amusing because it sounds very strangely familiar uh, to George Soros-funded uh, groups today, which, as we know, is Lord Malik Brown. Um, one of the League's founders was Senator Prescott Bush. Yes, that Bush family, uh, a partner in Brown Brothers Harriman Bank. Uh, Bush had business ties to Hitler. He was one of seven directors of Union Banking Corporation, which was an investment bank that operated as a clearinghouse for assets and enterprises held by the German steel magnate Fritz Thyssen. In October of 42, uh, the U.S. seized uh, the War Profiteering Bank under the Trading with the Enemy Act, but only held its assets until the war ended. And, of course, Prescott Bush fathered two few future presidents, both of whom who have acted to thwart uh, Russia's wealth and sovereignty. Also, I would point out that if you read more deeply into General Butler's uh, comments and other talks he gave after this, this incident came to the public's attention, uh, much of what General Butler said, I'm not kidding, is almost verbatim uh, to what John Perkins talked about in his books, uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, and then he had a second book that, that came out after that. Last item uh, on, a, on a lighter topic uh, is uh, your gasoline and your fuels. Um, just a reminder, keep an eye on where and of what kind of fuel you're purchasing. Uh, and I'm assuming for most of you it's gasoline rather than diesel. Um, I would also point out, uh, it did come out in the news recently, that uh, contrary to some of the disinformation on this topic, the government has continued, it did not stop, tapping our national reserves, the, the strategic reserves that we were supposed to use in time of national crisis or war. Um, they've continued to tap those reserves to subsidize fuel prices in the United States and keep costs down. The rumor out there is, is that, again, as I often say, shortly after the midterms, uh, hang on to your belts. Uh, you may see fuel prices start jacking up again. 
do not buy uh, your fuel folks from lower cost places like uh, grocery stores uh, or similar because you're going to risk water and some blending issues as well as possibly even particulate the fuel. Um, now, I discussed this on a prior show, this topic. I'm bringing it up again for, for a very good reason. Um, I mentioned then, as I do now, uh, go out to a car parts store or Walmart and go get yourself a couple of bottles of what's known as dry gas. Uh, this is a product that helps remove water uh, and other buildup in your fuel. That, that's that's important also because what's happening is that if a lot of the gasoline tanks, these guys are blending ethanol. And the percentages are way off nowadays, man. So it's a smart idea. And ethanol draws water into your uh, into your car's fu- uh, fueling system. Yes. And great minds think alike, V, because that was my focus on this topic. Um, uh, v is absolutely right, and that's why I wanted to bring this up. Uh, fuel providers, I've used this reference before, but just for some of you for whom this, this might be new or just a refresh. Fuel uh, refiners and others, uh, this was something I I became very aware of in in the trucking industry. There's a term or a reference they use called a fuel extender. Now, what does that mean? Well, let's say for every gallon of gasoline or diesel fuel you produce, uh, 5 to 10% of it is additives or other things that you're using to extend your blend. When it comes to gasoline, that 5 to 10% of the fuel may be ethanol or methanol. Now, there's a ton of reasons why they've added this to fuel. Uh, some of those include, you know, uh, subsidies to the farm lobby, uh, the big one in certain states, which is cleaner air standards. And it also basically helps you produce more of a volume of fuel than you would if you were just solely producing gasoline or diesel. Now, there's a number of reasons why this matters. The first is, given what's been going on with fuel supplies the prior year, you really need to check the sticker on your fuel pump to see how much ethanol or methanol you may be putting in your tank. Now, I'm not talking about the E85 stuff. Um, E85 is a whole other matter, and those engines are designed to, to run on that. It's not even really the engine. It's the the rubber components that don't react well. Yeah, it's well the fueling ethanol. system itself. Right. Now, some of you may have noticed, as I have, there are more and more fuel stations with a set-aside pump where it says something like, quote-unquote, pure gasoline or no additive fuel, uh, the reference in certain states I saw is kind of funny. There's a little blue sticker that says clear gas. Um, you may also see signs next to those pumps that say uh, use this for boat engines or lawnmowers or similar. The reason why these pumps are kind of popping up, and I, I've got two fuel stations right near my house that are selling this stuff. Um, I'm way oversimplifying. But the longer ethanol sits in your tank and the engine unused, the more it starts building up and clogging your fuel systems. Yep. Now, normally that, and <laughs> keyword, quote unquote, normally, generally speaking, that wouldn't be a problem because most Americans were filling up their fuel tanks, getting in their, their vehicles, driving to work, running errands, et cetera. But when COVID hit and folks stopped driving into the office or were just driving less in general, there was a, there was a noted increase in people across the United States whose cars started coming down with more and more problems. And again, I'm oversimplifying, but the smaller the engine, the more likely you are to encounter some issues. So that means like marine engines, lawnmowers, yard equipment, motorcycles, Koga pad, I'm looking in your general direction. Um, these are the types of users of fuels that are going to encounter, because the smaller the engine, the smaller the components, it's easier for any of the buildup to start causing some problems. So 
Um, you can add dry gas. There's a brand I've mentioned before. I'm not endorsing. I'm just saying it's a brand that's quite popular, and I've always had a good, uh, uh, good experience with it called Heat, H-E-E-T. comes in a yellow or a red bottle. There's a number of other products that are out there. Uh, always read the back of the bottle, too, to make sure it's safe for oxygen sensors or, or any electronics uh, in your car. But the other thing I've noticed, too, is, is there's, there's a, a growing uh, number of additives available at car parts and similar to counteract the effect of ethanol in your fuel, including yeah. most recently, um, Jay Leno uh, did a little show on, you know, he has his little classic car show he does on YouTube. He had a yeah, whole show it. dedicated to this topic. And uh, so with everything that's going on right now, uh, don't get hit with additional auto repairs on top of everything else or repairs. And especially for those of us in the colder States, uh, if you're operating any kind of snowblower or similar, <clears throat> you know, always, forgive me always run your engines even even during like in the winter I, my neighbors are always surprised to see me standing out in the snow running a lawnmower um run your engines periodically even during times of year when you don't or use winterize them. your engines like take it out put it put an additive right. in there. there there's like uh like stable formulas that are designed to help remove or mitigate the damage that uh ethanol based fuels will do and it's a criminality that they're allowing ethanol into our fuels right now 15 percent. now they're talking about I'm sorry, it was 10%. Now they're increasing it to 15 and soon 20%. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, man. It's, it's absolutely damaging to motors. And Gilbert, Nowak, to your point, and I was going to get there. The, the big one for, to what V just said, folks, is especially if you live in clean air states like in the Northeast uh, and California, uh, California keeps trying to raise the ethanol level. Uh, the California Air Resources Board, or CARB, um, used to usually be pretty good about this because in the past they tried to add other additives to fuels in California for clean air. And at least again, enemy and my enemy kind of thing, you know, they at least tried to make sure, cause you got a lot of folks in California driving older cars and older cars hate ethanol or methanol. The California air resources board used to do a pretty good job of trying to make sure um, what was being added and the quantities being added didn't get crazy because you're really, if I recall correctly, and again, I, I, I know somebody will correct me on this. If I recall correctly, you shouldn't have more than 10% ethanol uh, blend in gasoline or 5% methanol. Anything higher than that and your oxygen sensors and other, other things in your car will start getting wacky. The problem these days is, is with state governments so terrified of their own citizenry as they should be, um, and these higher uh, additive levels they're putting in the fuel. Again, it's just something to keep your eye on. And I've noticed here in the comments, uh, yes, Marvel Mystery Oil is some good stuff. Seafoam is some good stuff. Although I would advise, and again, do your own research. This is not an endorsement. Um, I've used Marvel Mystery Oil in, <laughs> excuse me, in uh, lawnmowers and things in my own equipment. And it does a very good job. And seafoam is is also a pretty good product. You've got to be real careful, though, using that stuff <clears throat> in modern fuel-injected engines. And the newer the, the vehicle, the more careful you need to be. So that was just kind of my last comment about keep an eye on, on what you're putting in your, your fuel. Now, one last item. There's a website that provides an index of every U.S. state. Uh, it, it literally, you know, California, New Mexico, wherever – and you just click a little button, and it'll it'll list out all the cities in your state, and it'll it'll show you where you can buy ethanol-free fuel. And that website is www.pure p u r e 
dash, not underscore, dash, gas, G-A-S, dot org. So www.pure-gas.org. Uh, I've gone on to that website and pretty much in my area or nearby cities, every station they said was carrying ethanol were ones I already knew about. So it, it, it seems as though whoever's running that website, uh, thanks V, uh, he's put it there in the comments, um, has done a pretty good job keeping, keeping their data accurate. So that's what I had for Thursday show. I'll open the Florida V for his thoughts and feelings. No, I mean, you gave some, uh, very, very good, um, uh, pointers here, and I'm actually on the uh, the website right now, uh, the pure-gas.org, uh, because this is real applicable stuff, folks. I mean, you want to make sure, look, uh, these idiots are trying to push this electric vehicle nonsense, which is, there's, there's zero, zero probability of, you can't even scale. It's mathematically impossible, so I'm not going to get into that. But you need to keep what you have, especially now that you know, used car prices are, are through the roof. Um, parts are problematic. Uh, it, it, it's nuts. It's nuts. My one of my, my my one of my track cars that I use for you know for the racetracks and stuff. It's supposed to be a six month build. We're on month sixteen because of parts delays. So it's a it, it's bad out there. So the tips that Velas gave is so so vital especially with what these idiots are going to try and put more water into the and, and uh, you know water and additives um, into the uh, the gasoline blends uh, increasing ethanol content so you got to protect what you have that is definitely 100% true you hit a lot of points fellas now tomorrow's program folks I'm gonna get a little bit into corporate self-interest we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the job market uh, we're going to get into mind crime. Uh, we're going to discuss a little bit about uh, Mr. Fauci, uh, some other aspects of the border, uh, new causes of death, uh, some things about the FBI, and um, a hodgepodge of cornucopia of, um, you'll understand when I get into the content tomorrow, but uh, federal agencies screwing up other federal agencies because they don't talk to each other and probably one of the most significant private laundering um, legal cases that was out there uh, here in the Midwest, actually, in the last couple of years, where it turned out that the executive in question that was laundering millions of dollars uh, just happened to be using banks that were used by the U.S. intelligence community, which is why that court case could never see the light of day and why the person in question recently dropped dead. So we'll get into that tomorrow. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Oh, and just a reminder, folks, uh, there is no show for me on Friday the 30th. Uh, for those of you who keep joking about this on Discord, uh, I won't be traveling far, but I will be traveling to the East Coast. So if anything weird happens on the East Coast, I'm telling you right now, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Very well said. Velas, thank you so much for joining us today, folks. Thank you so much for listening in. Remember, subscribe, like, comment, share. If you need to find Velas and ask him some thorough questions or enjoy some of the memes and other wonderful information that he posts, check him out over at the Rogue News Discord. He is lurking there as one of the denizens of the deep. And uh, you can get him at the Discord. Just email CJ, CJ at roguenews.com, CJ at roguenews.com. And in the subject heading, put... Uh, Discord on there, and he will let you in. With that being said, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Vels will be back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern.
Cheers.